there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Check one, two. Check, check. Episode 66. Episode Mario Lemieux. Season three, the intermission podcast, Greg in studio, Justin in Thunder Bay. What's going on, my man? How's the week been? I mean, we're dealing with some serious sports right now, so we're obviously we're going to get into it. It's a great episode ahead, but uh, what's up, brother? Not too much. Um, yeah, absolutely electric weekend of sports. Again, we talked about it a month ago now. It's the best time of the year for sports. No questions asked. We've got all the playoffs and everything, but um, for me, yeah, back at Thunder Bay, Back to work, back to the summer grind for hockey, getting in the gym, getting that program going. Uh, skates aren't for two weeks, but uh, starting that gym process, that that journey there. So getting stronger, getting uh, after it, and just getting ready for another big year. Senior year next year. One last rodeo here, so uh, got to be ready to go. You getting those Exciting. protein shakes going or what? Like uh, We're, we're talking like we, you got to be getting 200 grams of protein a day. But. Had two today. Had yeah. two today. Had one. I have one with breakfast and I have one with dinner right after the workout. So oh. it's huge. Got a little sauna in post-workout. Feeling Bud, good right now. That's 10 out of 10. I, I find oh, yeah. I find when you're on the protein grind, which I do my best to, to mix in my protein because I'm a gym yep. goer, but I find it can get gritty. If you're trying to hit, if you're trying to supplement most of your protein, like say you have a couple meals throughout your day which weren't protein heavy and you're looking yep. to get a couple shakes in, they can get heavy, man. And and it's Fair. it's a great grind yeah. to get those to suck those things back at times. For um, sure, for sure. I mean we yeah, uh, yeah, we hammer them a lot. It's a lot of a lot of chicken breasts, uh yep. clean chicken breasts, a lot of a lot of protein shakes. So it's it's part of the grind. You get used to them, I think. Yeah, for sure. Well, yeah, I mean, I I didn't play the athletics of a D one hockey player, so I'm sure that you, you <laughs> suck them down all year long, but Listen, man, I do go to apologize to the listeners and the people that follow along with live on the line. I mean, I get the I get the nod. So like I'm su- <laughs> I'm I'm such a like minor league guy for them. Like so like obviously yesterday was a holiday and I get a message from the producer and he's like, Greg, do you mind coming on? I'm like, yeah, you know, I obviously love the opportunity to go on TV and do a hit. But I yeah. always stress out not only because you know, my, the bets, whatever. OK, like, you know, you're going to give out some losers. You're going to give out some some winners and you want your narratives to be on point. But man, I hate the fact that it's like, okay, I think the logical bet was to bet on the Carolina Hurricanes, which we'll get into all of this. Was that not the logical money was, okay, Carolina's going to get back in this series, road teams have been on fire, and anyway. And then the Toronto Blue Jays are dead to me, man. They are shit right now, which we'll get into, but I apologize for all the live and listeners. One for four (laughs) on the bets. You hate to see it. Brutal. Tough one, tough one. No um, back. No, exactly. Hey, we got to get w- one more thing in the pregame show. Yeah, what do you got? Just touch on it quick. We don't have to get dive into it too much, but we're 30 minutes out from our last uh, guess the athlete Greg posted and a uh, little bit a uh, little bit of action with the Drip King, Greg. Yeah, the Drip King. I, I don't know much about him. I don't know much about his content. I know he goes live with Olivia Dunn, so he's got some status in the TikTok not, world. Not bad. Um, in regard to... Calling yourself the Drip King. That's where I kind of draw the line, buddy. 
You're a D1 lacrosse player. Congratulations. That's amazing. It's, you know, it's a great accomplishment for yourself. Uh, if you do want to come play in the NLL, we do have a team here in Nova Scotia. So you're welcome to come <laughs> join the Halifax Thunderbirds if you're that good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, wearing eye black all the time when you're not playing sports and calling yourself the drip king when I, I doubt that you have the money to even buy drip. Um, it just, it, it just, it, it crosses the line for me. So I, you know, I don't have any beef with him. I do think he's a bit of a clown sometimes. So yeah, you know what? We'll, we'll see if we can have him on the podcast. Uh, we'll see, you know, we'll reach out to him, but I, I, what I'm hearing from the comments is he's actually a half decent lacrosse player. That's unreal. You know, I, again, I'm not, don't know anything about him. Uh, obviously outside of his just content there, but, uh, yeah, it'd be pretty cool to hear his story at least and see what he's, uh, see what he's up to and see you again. I don't even know. Like, a lot of these lacrosse guys are they going to NLL like a are because I don't know like the pay before like a few years. Ago, I don't even know if that's a big accomplishment. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Like if a lot of the guys in Halifax, they all they all work they all work different jobs. Like they yeah, work like they do. Like yeah. guys are accountants and then they'll go play lacrosse. It's like yeah, you know Crazy. you know it's shitty. Obviously, um, hey, he's making his bank. You got to give him credit at least for that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, well, anybody that has Doesn't the it? opportunity to go live with Olivia Don, I mean, I'll, <laughs> I'll tip my cap to uh, she's a smoke. Uh, okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, let's get into episode 66, uh, season three. In quarter one, we're going to talk about the PGA Championship. I mean, that dominated my television Saturday and Sunday. I mean, a lot of Thursday and Friday, just a lot of following. When there's a big golf tournament, I mean, I should say I'm a degenerate golf gambler in 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 the best of weeks. So I love when Thursday rolls around and there's a you know a captivating tournament on on the go and just checking in on leaderboard, seeing how guys are doing. But it's funny how meaningless Thursday is. Uh, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, you know, in terms of betting, like yeah. I had my lineup was fire on Thursday. I'm like, okay, I'm going to make a lot of money this week. And then come Sunday afternoon, <laughs> people are back dooring top tens, having great rounds on Sunday. It just changes so much. But you got to, I mean, you got to give it to Brooks Kepka. I mean, this guy is an absolute cold-blooded killer. And we saw yeah. this in 2018, 2019. He won two U.S. Opens and two PGA Championships in the span of two and a half years. And, and he, he really... Is just he steps on the scene, and when he's got his game, he he can't be beat. And we look at the Masters. He had the lead going into the final round. It was a weird final round where they played the second half of their third round on Sunday. They ended up playing 30 holes on Sunday, and he ends up choking and losing by a couple. But he, he ran away with this, man. And, and man, one of the all-time greats. Nobody can take that away from him. He now has more majors than Rory and Jordan, dude. Man, this guy loves this event, though, eh? Three PGA championships like that. This guy for whatever reason, has it for this event. But um, it's crazy. Like, I, I, what is a comparison to another athlete that just own, like, not only, I mean, he's got tour wins, but he doesn't, like, okay, compared to Rory, he's got more majors than Rory. But PGA Tour wins, and I think just tour wins, he's, like, 20 behind him. So it's like, what is another comparison to an athlete that just shows up for the majors? Like, it, it's insane. But you got Greg just guzzling down. <laughs> Was that a full gallon? Is that a full gallon water jug right now? Four liters. Four liters. I got the jug on the go. Great deal. Great bargain. If you're popping by the local convenience store, but yeah, who's a guy we can compare him to? Um, that just shows up in the in the most clutch. It's like only though. I can't remember a guy like he has four PGA champ or PGA tour wins. Now he's got more wins in majors than he does in the actual tour. That's and he's insane. said he's said it before too, Justin. He doesn't give a flying fuck about regular PGA Tour events. He's all about the majors, and he shows it. And you know what's scary is this guy's fully healthy, and I fully expect him to be in the mix at the U.S. Open. Like, one million percent he'll be there. 
man, I, I, and I'm, I'm not saying this. This isn't a guarantee, but the way I'm, I'm watching this golf, I'm just seeing like three to five guys who are just separating themselves from the rest in terms of like you can trust them every week. Obviously, when I say this, I'm John Ram for me is one of them. Obviously, yeah, just a didn't play showing. well. Yeah, but but for the like for the these last two majors, I'm thinking it's Ram Scheffler. Oh, Rory, yeah. who we'll talk about here in a second. Yep. Uh, Kepka, obviously, and maybe maybe Hovland's kind of finding a groove as a youngster here, who's kind of been showing lately. He's that guy in majors too. But outside a good year. those five, outside those five, it's like throwing throwing blindly at a dartboard. I feel like because everyone else is so up and down. Again, Rory uh, Ram was this weekend, but again, you look at his uh, last two three years. That's not as been as much the case. Those five guys, though, right now are kind of the superstars, the studs right now of golf. Like, JT and Spieth haven't been there in terms of how they've had their moments, but I feel like those five guys, every single major and every single week they're in a tournament, they stand out to me. Yeah. Is that far off? No, that's fair to say, especially, well, like, especially you know, majors, as we're talking about. Like, those are the guys. I mean, really, you know, you can maybe throw... Cam Smith in the mix, like he obviously he has he had a slow start to the year. He said he didn't get many reps and he started to come on. He had a good Sunday, and I, I expect he's going to continue to trend. He'll be he's the defending champion at the Open, uh, which will come in July, which I expect he'll be right back in the mix. And I think he'll have a better showing uh, at the um, at the uh, U.S. Open. But yeah, I mean Kapka. Rom and Scheffler are the three that it's like, okay, one of those three is going to be in yeah. the final group on Sunday. It seems like it's almost, yeah. it's almost a lock. Um, but man, I mean, like, you, you, Hey, go ahead. Sorry. No, just as you say it, Scheffler, one of the sneakiest second place finishes because of that final round. Like I feel like after round two, people were like, okay, it's not Scheffler's tournament. No big deal, man. This guy's so good. He just drops a minus five final round. And has and just finishes second place, solo second place, and was with was within one stroke of him uh, uh, of the leader at one point in this tournament. It was the final round. It was the first time we've seen Scotty Scheffler struggle. Uh, it, it, well, obviously in the rain on Saturday, like it's it, he wins the golf tournament if he doesn't play. Like he shot seventy three three over on Saturday, and he was. He looked awful. Like he was grinding, and that was probably the best yep. he could have shot that day. So he shoots an even par seventy. Like he wins this golf tournament. Scheffler he gave it away, but. I yeah, mean, Kepka yeah. was just better all round long, and you gotta have you gotta feel for Hovland as well. I mean, on sixteen, Corey Connors did it on Saturday, which we'll get into Corey Connors in a bit. But they got into that bunker right on uh, off the tee on sixteen, and just like hit a rocket and just embedded in the bank. And it's like, well, yeah, there it is. That's a double bogey, and and it really takes you out of contention. But um, you know, Brooks Kepka, I mean, to be the twentieth player all time to win five, uh, five major championships, you know, it's. Crazy and man. He's healthy Crazy. now. He's thirty three. You got to think Jack Nicholas's best years were between three or thirty and forty. Like, is this like I don't like and I wouldn't people, be surprised if this guy gets ten. Gonna, yeah, you know, like Great. he's people that much of a killer. Look, the, the people are going to overlook the Masters finish too. Like this guy was leading going into final round, made some mistakes. Like I, I said it on here. Like I don't know that Ram went out and chased him down. I thought Kepka lost in the Masters. Yep. And Kepka said before this tournament, or after round one, I learned from my Masters finish. It's like, th this guy's been playing unreal golf. He had a hiccup at the Masters, but he was right there. He was right there at the Masters. A couple of mistakes here and there. From us sitting here saying, Kepka's just won the Masters and the PGA to open up this major season. That, that, 
that's how well he's playing at least. I'm gonna I'm gonna take Jordan Spieth out of this next little rant because Jordan Spieth, he needed this tournament for the career grand slam. That history is just off the charts good. There's only been five players to ever win all four. So Jordan Spieth, there's that extra yeah. pressure. You know, and, and he played okay. He's coming off the wrist injury, skipped the Byron Nelson. But Tony Finau, Justin Thomas, Xander Shoffley, Patrick Cantley, the face of the PGA tour. Invisible. Show some stones and get in the mix. You guys, these are guys that are trying to build their legacy as as historic golfers, and they just, I'll throw Max Holman in there as well. I mean, Max is, you know, just kind of coming onto the scene is is one of the better players, but like, where are these guys? Are you not going to come compete in the majors? Like, it's unbelievable, and really, and I, and uh, you hate to see you're it. Right. I look at Fino. Fino, ha, Fino, Tony Fino has two wins, one in the last three tournaments. He has four top 10s, 11 top 25s as I'm looking at it. He's number 12 in the world, and he shoots a plus 15. Like, I, I just, again, the course is one test, and you could, I guess there's, there's obviously the pitch of it doesn't suit the guy's game, the driver, whatever, like was important this weekend, what, what have you. But the reason the top guys in the world are, are there every weekend is because they're able to be so solid, so consistent at every facet of the game. And Tony Fina was in a spot this tournament to say, you know what? I've kind of been that popular name on the PGA Tour, but I haven't vaulted myself into superstar or stardom status or face the PGA. This season, he was showing like he can be. And then all of a sudden, he failed us. Okay, a quick intro here. We got a little interruption is that, here. Is that a, du- is so we, that a duet from Drip King? So we got a duet from Jip, Drip King. It's it's we're we're talking like sixty thousand views already um, from from Mister <laughs> Drip King. So so he's upset about it. Um, uh, you know what? I apologize to the to the Drip King if he if he's that uh, if he's that hurt about it. Um, but uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna comment and say, come on the pod. We'll discuss. Um. Bugs is on 45 minutes ago. Drip King throws. So he replied. He commented. We might as well get into this here quick. He yeah, commented yeah. on the TikTok six minutes after it was posted. And 25 minutes after it was posted, he's doing a duet. Yep. Um, hey, we got hey, you got a tag on there. That helps. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know what? It, it's obviously good traction. He's got to be, be a fan of some degree here. Oh, for sure. Uh, tears out at the end. Unreal. I uh, I actually wouldn't mind trying to box this guy. <laughs> um, are you ready? Yeah. Oh my gosh, Craig. Yeah. Are you ready for that? How long would you need? How long would you need if he said, if he agreed to that? Four weeks. Four four yeah. weeks, Craig. Yeah. This this guy's actively playing, and no disrespect to you, this guy's actively playing D one lacrosse. You only need four weeks. Yeah, man. Wow. Greg's ready to let him rip. I don't know. I don't think you understand my athletic capability, Justin. <laughs> I don't know that I do no. in boxing, especially. I'd, ha- I'd have to lose some weight, uh, probably, because I'm probably heavier. Like, I'm, I'm 6'3", 220. So, like, he's probably, he's probably, like, a little, he- he's probably, like, I don't know. I-, I don't know what he's weighing in at, but, like, are you kidding me? Dude, like, <laughs> 100% I'd get in the ring with that guy. <laughs> Unbelievable. Hey, we'll, we'll see. Maybe, maybe we get him on. Maybe we talk to him, what have you. But uh, Sorry about that interruption. I had to address it because I was getting a little bit of a blow up there. I was like, what's going on here? And then I realized he he responded. So uh, where were we at with these top let's guys? Close from off, the- let's, close off, let's close off PGA with 
Michael Block. How about that? Oh, oh what a guy. Hole in one, finishes 15th at the tournament. This guy is a club pro, and PJ does a great job. They, they allow these guys to qualify, etc., get on get onto the, the big events and such. And he got he qualified for this event and he's worked at it and stuff like that. And now he's with that finish, got himself an invite to the ATT and the Canadian Open. And this guy's just see the see the Percy brought in? 288k so i mean so like let's just so obviously the pga of america runs this tournament and so the pga of america all of the pros around at the clubs they whatever the top 20 go to the tournament but this isn't his first major this is his seventh major this guy is a player man this guy can play and uh like we said uh, on the previous episode we talked about michael and you know how how much of an amazing story like he was tied for 10th going into the weekend like where's like what yeah and he held in there like he 100%. didn't, he didn't choke. Uh, but Michael Block, I mean, this guy's been the Player of the Year in Southern California every single year from 2011 on, except for 2013. So that's like what nine uh, Player of the Year status in Crazy, Southern man. California, which I'm assuming there's some serious club pros down down in that area. I mean, that's that's a prime golf hub. I mean. And now he's just getting exemptions on tour. But like you said, I mean, like, you know, the hole in one, it, it's just such a story that is that oh. they come around in sports. And that's why we love sports as well is, is you get these stories that are so captivating in these moments that you just, they're just fairy book stuff, fairy tale stuff. And, and Michael Block, man, like, let's get, like, let's get into it. Like, I know you and Arch, we talked about a little bit in the golf group, like, what are your expectations yeah. for him over like he's going to have three out of four weeks on the yeah. PGA tour. And I don't think we should set the expectation very high. Like making the cut would be unbelievable. Yeah. hundred percent. And that's the, that's the tough part is like, you don't want to, how do I explain it? Okay. First of all, he said himself that he's beaten these, these PGA plays uh, with them all the time. Yeah. Many time. Yeah. He yeah. said he plays them all the time and beats them all the time. So it's, it's hard for me to sit here and say that this was his peak of, golf performance because we really don't know that and um the one thing i'll say though is he's been in seven majors yes his golf game could have been could be getting better obviously but if this was his first time on tour and he was a younger guy i'd be like okay wow jumped on the scene what have you i struggle to think against the best players in the world the guys who do it for a living and i know he's a club pro for a living and obviously he's golfing all the time but the mental game of this the high he was on during this tournament, the momentum he had that kind of helped him kind of fell off in the fourth round, but he was kind of even part of the whole way. So it's pretty consistent hitting a hole in one as well. Like so much, so much went right for him and he had such a wave and momentum going. I don't know how long this could go. Can I see him have a successful like month here? Yes. But with that being said, it's making cuts. I'm not, I'm not seeing him winning a tournament. Not seeing him finishing top five, though. That's my take. Yeah. I know. I think I think you're a little different on this. Man, I, I would totally agree. Like, I, I think just watching him during yeah, this okay. golf tournament, the shots he was making, the pressure he would have been under playing with those guys and Justin Rose and Rory on Saturday and Sunday. And for, like, that up and down on 18, like, it, like the shots, Insane. the shot making is there. He just played. Rory couldn't believe it. He Rory just, couldn't believe that. He just played the toughest golf course that they're going to play this year and beat what he beat Ron by like nine shots, 10 shots. Insane. Yeah. Like yeah. the best player in the world. Or <laughs> He wins golf tournaments left, right and center in Southern California. And I know 
he hasn't had the road to the PGA Tour. He wasn't a prodigy, but it's like he belonged there. And I know he's played in past majors. He didn't make the cut. Nobody has heard of him. But we know golf, man. Like we think about golf and you know, think about Brooks Kepka in 2018, 2019. Think about Jordan Spieth in 2015, 2014, 2016. Like you kind of get hot. You kind of feel your swing. It is you, true. You kind of, and, and I wouldn't but, be surprised, but I yeah. mean, this week too, like he's been on a, a complete media frenzy. He is the face right now of the PGA tour. As funny as that sounds, he really, like he's the most, you got Scheffler teeing it up this week. Finau, Spieth, the guy everybody wants to see plays Michael Block. Um, and I, and here's my question though. Like we talk about how much golf's a momentum game, but you look at Tony Finau, I, I brought him up. This guy has two wins. He has 11 or 12 top 25s, 10 top 10s, whatever they like. He is hot. He's having a great season and he hits, he hits a course like this for whatever reason. He doesn't have it. Like, what I'm asking when I talk you, hot is like wins, like like humming at the top of the world, yeah. world number one heaters. But that's what I'm asking. Like, can Michael Block go take this into next week, say? And if it, if it doesn't show up for him next week and he misses a cut, like, is he going to be able to bounce back and show up at the Canadian Open, or is is it going to be something where it was a one hit wonder situation? He had so much momentum. I hope he's there. I love this. This is an unreal story. But again, we're talking about something we don't see very often where a guy who's not an everyday pro finished top 15 and all of a sudden he's got the he's got all this attention around him. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, we look ahead to it. Obviously, this week is the um, is the Charles Schwab Challenge. That name's changed a bunch, but it's at Colonial. It's a very famous tournament uh, in Fort Worth, Texas. And, it, you know, it, it's funny because as I review the tape, as I review the metrics of the golf course, Really plays into a favor like Michael Block. Not a very long course. You have to be accurate really? with your with your short irons and wedges. I mean, this is a very favorable golf course for a guy like Michael Block. He mentioned it in his interview after uh, he uh, he got the call from Charles Schwab. An old friend always told me this is a it's an old guy's track. Like this is for the guys yeah. who aren't bombers wow. who are accurate. So, jeez, what? Okay, what's your ceiling? What's your ceiling and floor for your expectations for for Block and that t- this weekend coming? I think the highest he could finish and, and the lowest you think is possible. I think the ceiling for this guy is that he could win the golf tournament. He wow. wins all the time. He plays with PGA players all the time, and he wins all the events he goes into as a professional in Southern California. He's a winner. That's the, I'm not going to take that away from him. I'm going to say that's the ceiling. His floor is obviously last. Like, there's every sort of outcome we could expect from this guy. We don't have no that's idea. True. We've seen him for one week, but... I'm just taking in all of the outside accolades. I'm taking in the four days of golf. I just watched this guy put on a clinic at the toughest golf course. We have, okay, this is another, we had Joel Damon's caddy, Gino, who's famous from the Netflix series. He's a plus one handicap. He went out there and shot 86 on Monday. He's plus one. Yeah. He's, uh, he averages under par. Like it's, it's incredible how good this guy's playing. Yeah. I just pulled up the the Charles Schwab Schwab Schwab. Yep, Schwab. I'm gonna say that wrong every time. The the field here. Here's what I got for the field: Scheffler, yep, Spieth, yep. Spieth. We'll see if he stays in it, but Spieth, Hovlin, Finau, Morikawa, Sunjay M, Homa, Rose, Fleetwood, Sam Burns. Like uh, again, not uh, Kijama just came off of a what third, fourth. Yeah, he's having a great league. year again. We're, yep. we're talking about guys who. Sepp Straka had a great tournament. Other guys who were hot, Justin Suit, like 
he came 15th. You know what I mean? Like Block didn't win, and we have other guys who finished above or with him. But he was fifteenth. Was the fifteenth you know I mean? was the worst that uh, a position of his during the like almost the entire golf tournament. Like this guy was yeah. was was in the mix after after Thursday and Friday, and and what was he tenth going into Sunday? Uh, yeah. t- uh, at, at even par. I mean, no, I know it, it's very yeah. outlandish. Man. I think for me to think, I, no, I think hey, I just I want to talk it into fruition because it's just such a compelling story. It's so amazing for the PGA Tour. And, yeah. Like this guy can play. Like I think that that's the thing that I'm taking away from it. Is yeah. like, like I don't think you luck out four days at at Oak Hill just pretending to be a good golfer. Fair. You know, like that's I don't, fair. I don't think you can do that. Like it's yeah. the toughest know, test I, I, all season long. I'm kind of expecting. You expecting to miss cut? Make the, no, I, I can see it, but I, I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm, I'm thinking more of ceiling is around that wealth area, twelfth place. And my yeah, my floor is yeah, maybe may just make the cut. Okay, I'd be very upset if you missed the cut. To be honest with you, yeah, I think I think he's got to make the cut to keep this train rolling in terms of all the media and everything. <clears throat> he's got to at least make the cut. I think everyone's happy though if he makes the cut. You know what I'm saying? I think people oh, yeah. are still pretty fair on on their fandom with them for sure. What's so, a good thing? So hypothetically, I've got one more tad bit about Brooks Kapka to to get into, yeah. but yeah. Um, Okay, so what does the PGA Tour do if he makes the cut at both of these events and is in the mix maybe at one of them? Block? Yeah. If he ma- <laughs> like are you saying do you give him a card? Do you give him and, do you give him you throw him on? Do you give him do you give him temporary have status? Ever, I've never have we seen like an exemption card before or is he just There's temporary status or or tournaments tournaments if depending on how the buzz goes, depending on how the the numbers are. By the way, one of the worst consumed PGA championships in recent history, which I thought was super surprising. Um, really? Last wow. year's uh, did, I think, 5 million. Phil's the year before did 6.7 million. This did just over 4 million uh, viewers. Wow, interesting. So hmm. uh, TV viewers, which is interesting. But uh, but yeah, what do you do? Like, I mean, he could get temporary status, but like, I think if you're other tournaments, you're just being like, yeah, we'll just, we'll just let him in because it's just amazing for viewership. That's what I'm thinking. That's yeah. what I'm thinking. I think, I think tournaments just kind of continue to invite him and, and PJ doesn't need to give him a status like that. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't know if we've seen a situation like this. I mean, I think or he'll just play to, his way in a top 10 or a top five. will get so him that, temporary that's status. I, that's my last question is we're talking about how good he is. And this guy's possibly able to win a tournament. He's finished 15, whatever. Why is he not been on tour? Like, why is he a club pro in California and not a tour pro? Like why? What's is that decision he made? Or is there something we're missing that he just didn't get it? Done? Like I don't even I so, don't know I don't even know. So I guess this is the perspective that I'll give you to. So to make the PGA Tour is probably the hardest grind uh, in per, it's pro sports. So if you're not a college stud and you've got to go like well think about Brooks Kepka's story. Like he was traveling around in what uh, Kazakhstan and and uh, South Africa on the Challenge Tour, almost quitting golf. Gets his break, makes it onto the Corn Ferry Tour, which was formerly called the Web.com Tour, and then you get a chance to play in the PGA Tour. But yep. let's not forget about it. Like 
golf, there's good golfers everywhere. It's it's not like if you go to the yeah. Challenge Tour and you're on the PGA Tour, like the guys on the Web.com Tour, like we're seeing Justin Saw who won the Web.com Tour last year. Two years ago, it was Kirk Kitayama. These guys are phenomenal players. And think yeah. about the tournaments yeah. that they're losing on the on the Corn Ferry Tour to all of those other good guys. There's so many good golfers in the world, but he's 47 years old, Justin, this guy. Like, so we think, okay, he's been the player of the yeah. year in Southern California since he was 39 or 38. Like at 38, you're not pursuing the PGA tour. You've got a wife and kids, you know, and he's probably got a happy, you know, a happy life. And, you know, it's a great question, but the funny thing about golf is that the peak of of your performance, it doesn't have to be at 25. It doesn't have to be at 35. We saw Tom Watson lose the, the, uh, the open championship at 59. Like it's, it's crazy how long a golf career can be. And that's a very logical question is why isn't this guy in the PGA tour? And the answer is, because it's not easy. It's not easy to get there. Yeah, fair. It's very, fair. the yeah. sacrifices hey, that all these guys make financially yeah. and, and with their families and, and where they travel to and paying in all of these events. And if you don't play well, then like, it's like, do I keep going? And, and it's just the grind to make the PGA tour is something that there should be a documentary on it. Really should. Cause no, if, yeah. cause no, it's not always right, like right. your John Roms, your Jordan speeds, your Justin Thomas, where you're a college stud or Roy McIlroy where you're a stud from four years old and you go on and you get exemptions to these tours at 16 and you come top 10 and then you're in, you know, you're just, yeah. you're in. So no, you're right. Um, wow. But, uh, but just finally, it, it, just a little tidbit here about the live tour. Um, this has been a long golf chat, but I, you know, fair enough because it was it's just such, such an exciting weekend, but just, just finally, um, Obviously, Brooks Kapka and Dustin Johnson, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, it's going to be a big topic of discussion if they're going to be able to play on the Ryder Cup team. But just think about the Live Tour and how serious Brooks Kapka is taking the Live Tour. He's got to tee it up on Friday at the Live Tour. Guess what he's doing in preparation this week? I know he was at the Panthers game uh, in his bag. <laughs> he was. I'm buck- sure that's what he's doing all week. And and all the power to him. He deserves to do that. Oh, yeah. So tonight, absolutely. he's at the Miami Heat game on the floor. Tomorrow night, he's back in the box getting buckled at the Florida Panthers game. <laughs> then he's going to Washington on Thursday uh, to to maybe walk around the golf course to get ready for his event on Friday. So I guess that's the... Uh, that's where you can kind of, you know, it's anyway, the Live Tour, the PJ Tour, it's a, it's a whole episode we could do, but... We- would you do it any different though if if you just won the the PGA Championship? Well, no, it, that's the luxury of playing yeah, on the yeah. PGA Tour. Yeah. You know, that's if jo- if John Rahm wins the Masters, he can say, "I'm going to take the week off, boys. I'm going to go celebrate." Crazy. And I think Brooks Kepka should be able to do that. But under contract yeah. with the Live and the Saudis, you got to be there and tee it up. Um, but, uh, no, listen, we're going to move into the NHL world. Uh, obviously a phenomenal PGA tour event and we'll see how Michael block does. I'm saying he comes in the top 25. That'll be my prediction. Um, are we going to put him in the predictions for the outright bets? I doubt it. Uh, but, uh, we'll start, (laughs) we'll start things off in the, uh, in the Eastern conference, obviously the Florida Panthers, which we saw Brooks Kepka at game three last night, uh, Florida. I mean, Matthew Kachuk, Justin, you had a great bid. I had it all pegged up, ready to post. And then Kachuk goes and he ties Corey Perry and 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 uh, Rocket Richard for the most OT goals yeah. ever. I'm like, well, that's kind of out the door. <laughs> but unreal. No, it's crazy, man. Like what? What are the? Not even just Kachuk. Like Corey Perry's in there. Like the Rocket, I guess. I mean, I, yeah. Well, the problem is they didn't have OT the same way they did. They uh, do now, but like insane just an insane stat we're talking about most ot winners in a single playoff run the three names are the rocket Corey perry and matthew kachuk is just probably one of the more out-of-pocket records in the nhl 
It's, it's insane. It's, but he might beat it. He could beat it. He certainly could beat it. I, if there's, I mean, the way this series is being played out, there could be another OT game. But so, yeah, so game two, obviously we had game one where Matthew Kachuk walks it off in four overtimes. In game two, he walks it off in overtime. Goes straight to the door with the celebration. Unbelievable, boys. Let's get out of here. I love the Selly. And then we get, we fast forward and they're going back to Florida. They're up 2-0. And you're like, okay, well, Carolina's got to respond, right? Well, Sergey Bobrovsky says, hold up. They're now 10-1 and in their last 11 playoff games. 10 and one. Bobrovsky with a shutout. Win one nothing. Are you kidding me? Up 3-0. This thing's over. This thing it's is insane. over. Sergey Bobrovsky is getting paid, I want to say, $10.5 million per year. Yep. You ask any NHL fan, they're saying that is one of the worst contracts in the league, I would say, two months ago. And they've been saying that for two or three years since he signed in Florida. My question to you, Greg. Yep. He continues this run. Yeah. He wins them the Stanley Cup. Obviously not. He's not the only one. There's still a debate between him and Kachuk, Smythe, but et cetera. He wins you the Stanley Cup. Yeah. How would you ever question that contract not being worth it? You got yourself your first cup in franchise history. Pay him $10.5 million for eight years, even if he only shows up for three months of that contract. It's you got to think it's worth it. Hundred percent, man. One hundred percent. And and you know what? He wins this cup. He's an automatic Hall of Famer, in my opinion. Like auto two Vezinas, man. Automatic. Two maybe a con smite than a Stanley Cup. And you said it already. On, He's man. the only For goalie sure. currently playing in the NHL who has two Vezina trophies. This guy's been phenomenal, man. And and you know what? Absolutely. If you're Florida Panthers fans, it's you're insane. like, I don't even care that you've been wearing all the flap rims we have in the pro shop at the rink. You've been phenomenal during this playoff run. <laughs> it's incredible, man. It really is. And and you know what? It's uh, it's awesome for Florida. They're a great story. And you know what? I, I was reading a little tidbit. I told Justin before this this episode. There was a game in in uh, in early April, and it was between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Pittsburgh Penguins. The Pittsburgh Penguins go on to win that game. While they sneak into the playoffs, the Florida Panthers miss the playoffs, and the Chicago Blackhawks do not get the first overall pick. Unbelievable, man. Talk about a butterfly effect. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. We're talking about we're talking about Florida Panthers missing playoffs. Maybe having to make a, a move or two. Yeah, they're to probably gonna that Bobrovsky's probably gone. Like actually that'd yeah. be something that'd be a conversation. Yeah. Penguins are making playoffs. You don't know what they would do. I, I, you know what I'm gonna say this. I'm not even trying to whatever. Bruins are beating the Penguins. Yes. They are. Oh it's yeah. Happening. Maybe in four. Now you got Bruins versus the Leafs in the second round. Yeah. And again, Chicago, Chicago's odds are completely changed. They're even worse. We really get to see what the draft lottery is. <laughs> exactly. That exactly. Works. That's like, where we could go back in time and see. <laughs> <laughs> Chicago's now get the no, second best right. odds I mean, and they still win. <laughs> <laughs> you're right, though, but like it, it, insane, man. Like uh if you're the Florida Panthers, what are you sending? What are you saying, the Blackhawks? Or are you just saying you guys got Bedard? That's your gift. Uh, thank you very much. Anyways, but seriously, like they didn't control their own fate. Absolutely, uh, something in, pretty incredible. To look back at to say that like this team tiptoed their way in the playoffs, and Bobrovsky just said like midway through the Bruins series, "Hey guys, like I'm just gonna go ahead and, and get us to the Stanley Cup final here, and let's just make this one of the craziest Stanley Cup." 
I would say this goes up against the LA Kings for craziest yep. Stanley Cups. I, I believe the LA Kings were the eighth seed. They were down 3-0 in round one. Yep. They came back and won, and I think they only lost, just like this Florida Panthers team, one or two games. So you want to talk about all the major sports playoffs? This again and again and again. Stanley Cup shows hardest trophy to win. It, it's it's crazy. And it, it, something's in the water in Florida. Man, the top of Miami unreal. Heat is the eight seed. Panthers as the eight seed. It, it, it's it's impressive. It's fun to watch. Oh man, it's been incredible. Um, the the playoff you've you've got it here in the outline. The tradition of throwing the rats on the ice, amazing. They've got it rocking and rolling there at FLA Live, and you got to oh, be yeah. happy for them. And, and you're right. I mean, we look at you know. Can you imagine if Florida goes on to win the cup, and then Florida, or, and then Tampa Bay with their cups like in the, in the last few years? I mean. That whole state is just hockey yeah. crazy yep. right now, and uh, it, it's just Tampa it, Bay Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, yep. phenomenal. I mean, Miami the box, Heat. the box were you know phenomenal. I mean, there's it's kind of the hot. They're the they're the modern day Massachusetts right now. Um, yeah. It's uh, there's a lot of a lot of good teams going on there in Florida, and uh, no nah, man, but. Yeah, like what can we think for some playoff traditions that that uh, you know in, in regards to the rats on the ice? I mean, obviously the famous one you know that we'll talk about in Detroit, but is there any other? Yeah. And what should teams maybe bring in to start traditions? I don't even know. Well, like, the Hamburglar uh, in Ottawa was amazing. That was a good one. I'm wondering Seattle have they thrown like a salmon or some fish Ooh, or something on fish the ice? Because they got that there. fish market, right? Yeah, yeah I think that's got to be something. That's that has for sure. Other than that, like I'm not, I'm not thinking of t- even in like other sports. I'm not seeing like uh, every single tradition. Like Bills have the table jumping through the table, but that's yeah. every game, that's yeah. every home game, and it's pretty iconic. But when you talk about four terrible towel sports, in like, Pittsburgh, you know the other thing. Yeah, what what does MLB have? Because their playoff is electric, but do they have like a? I can't think of a team that has a, like a trademark patented move for their playoffs, right? That's where the marketing managers of these sports franchises and the people that are getting paid to market their teams, they have to somehow, whether it's through their social channels, whether it's through their Jumbotron, whether it's through coordination to ticket buyers, you've got to start different types of traditions with these franchises. The rats is a perfect example. The octopus in Detroit, uh, the hamburger was one in Ottawa, but we got, we got white out white out in Winnipeg. Winnipeg. Huge, yeah. Right. The uh, sea of red in Calgary. I think you're right. Like uh, Sacramento Kings are doing the, the, the beam. playoff beam. Like they're yeah. trying that. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the, no, I don't think the home crowd will ever hate what you come up with. If it's no. kind of a niche to that city or team, right? Like, absolutely. I think it just makes that, it, it just once again, elevates the playoff experience. And then when you know, they make the playoffs, you kind of know what's go time for that tradition. Like, you know, it's, yeah. you know, the hashtag every time Sacramento makes the playoffs the next decade, it'll be like the beam hashtag light the and beam, much, you know? And that's the other thing. Like as much as right now, it's kind of like, Oh, like the beam kind of new, whatever we're yep. But generation, like the, the young kids growing up, they're just going to know light the beam and it's going to be like, they're going to love it. And it's going to become the norm for them. Like I think every team should kind of find a niche thing to do Yeah, for playoffs. I, I really like that. I, I think you're right, man. Um, and just finally, let's talk about playoff beards in the NHL. And, you know, I, I think back to Crosby's like how poor his was, but uh, yeah. <laughs> there's guys that rock the beards full season, full, you know, it just kind of through the year. And I think they're at a huge yeah. advantage when it comes playoff time, because things just kind of get extra burly and, um, you know, I think about Brent Burns and, and Joe Thornton. Like they kind of in San Jose, they they were like, you know what, we're rocking just burly beards. But 
Radko Gudis, does he have the best playoff beard in history? Dude, this guy's out there for best beard in history. I think this thing... <laughs> This thing doubles the size of his face, the way it hangs <laughs> off. It is absolutely insane. And I, I respect it. You oh, yeah. Another name, another name that's coming to mind, the uh, Scott Scott hartnell Yakov Voracek duo in uh, Philly when they had the the the, the orange, the ginger yeah, the hair. G- going, like yeah. Matt Stahl's got right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two of them on one team going on there. Yeah, yeah. No, it's incredible. It's fun to watch kind of the development of the uh, of the of the facial hair. But obviously, Ekblad's got a nice one on the go, but yeah. he rocks one season long. Um, yeah. you know, Randy McDonald. Oh, that the stash, stash, dude. How about how about this guy? This guy was that just stash was so foolish. I want to say, yeah, this guy was such a veteran, such a hard nosed player. One that he just said. Scrap the playoff beard. I'm doing a stash, and nobody questioned it. Yeah, yeah. Nobody questioned yeah. it. People like just yeah, did it and everyone loved it, dude. And that was a mean stash, man. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, actually, you know what? Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll rank uh, playoff beards, uh, or maybe, maybe, maybe we'll draft. yeah, maybe we'll draft playoff beards uh, just <laughs> as we can do a little bit more research on them. But radical Gudis, man, that thing Love is. That. An, I mean, there might be some Insane. insects in that thing. Uh, but let's get into the second series here uh, before we get into the halftime show here, Justin. So we got Dallas and Las Vegas, and and again, I mean, uh, you know, it's a little bit opposite to the other series, but Las Vegas takes care of both games at home, and what a wild game too. I mean, you're thinking, okay, Dallas is going to get out of this. And no, Vegas t- ties it up. They ended up, uh, Chandler Stevenson wins it on overtime. Unbelievable. Aiden Hill's been phenomenal for uh, for Las Vegas. And Bruce Cassidy has these guys moving and grooving, and they go up 2-0 into Dallas. I think Dallas is going to get one of these two. But yeah, again, man, I we're agree. seeing it. Like, like I, I expected the Celtics I, I, to respond, and they didn't. So what do, you, what do you got here? I know. Same with the Lakers. I know, we, man. What, we thought Celtics, Lakers, and Hurricanes would all respond. I'm still thinking Dallas. I'm thinking of all series. Obviously, a couple of them are 3-0. This series, I truly believe, could still go seven games. I Because, re- like, Dallas has been in every single game. They've been one bounce away. I guess you could say the same for Hurricanes. But I really see Dallas as a team that could have won in terms of just, like, the quality of play. That last game, especially game two there, um, Rope Hints is... M- Probably the leader for the con such a stud for in terms of if his te- if the, if any team wins the cup he's the lock in terms of that team to win the con smite it is absolutely insane but yeah Aiden Hill five and one in the playoffs did not expect to see that he's been crucial for them because like I said I wonder what this I don't know how much more this team could do if they had like the Logan Thompson or or even Brissander like he's doing. He's doing everything they need him to do. Like they are not winning games six five or like a, a five four. Like he is making massive saves and is such a rock back there. And I think that speaks volumes. A little side note to both Cassidy, but also Petriangelo. Like talk about experience and leadership. And Mark Stone, <clears throat> these guys know who's in net. Don't get it twisted that. They have a little bit of adjustment and they have awareness at the back of their head when they're flipping a puck out or or locking down a D zone, whatever it may be. Like, you know who's in net. Sometimes, Greg, goalie like this going in helps this team play better. Oh, like, yeah. They did not look at they did not look as dominant as they have been lately, especially in the second like again, I think they were more dominant against Edmonton when Aiden Hill went in net. 
I think of the David Ayer situation. I always revert back to the David Ayer situation. How desperate a team gets. How defensively sound they get. How shut down they get. And they just make the smart defensive moves because they know any quick break, they're vulnerable back there. And it just, I don't know what it is, is, you know, when you don't have full trust in your goaltender or as he's earning it, as he's he's in that process of earning your trust, you just play much more sound defensive hockey. And, man, they hung on to that game. It felt like Dallas dominated at some points of the game too, but... I mean, I think they need a little bit more from Jason Robertson. This guy, man, you know, he, he needs yeah, to find the yeah. back of the net. I mean, this is a 40-goal guy uh, in the regular season. But, you know, as we continue, as we got tonight, we've got game three. Do we expect Dallas to get back in this series at home? I, I'm i going to ride yes. I've been riding yes across all this series. Dallas Dang. gets back in this series. I agree. We're both on the same page. Yep. I really do. Th- I mean, again, we got to remember they're coming home. So that's a huge factor. Again, we've seen it not work in other cities. Uh, in other series, sorry. Um, but coming home, this is far from over. Dallas could absolutely just still win both games at home. That is a sneaky, underrated home playoff crowd in Dallas. Yeah, that place gets rocking. Yeah, man, rocking. So I think I think they could win. They like their hockey Dallas there, man. Yeah. They love their yeah. hockey in Texas. It's crazy. That's Colt, a great market. Colt Nost. Uh, I heard him talk today on a on a talk show here in Canada. Gave a huge shout-out to the Dallas Stars. He came on and was about to talk about the PGA Championship. Colt Nost, obviously a broadcaster, former PGA player. He's on the course. He's just a legend. Uh, God said, go Stars. And I was like, okay, these boys, they like their hockey. Um, If you're looking at at just a player's place to play, um, top top five place to play. 100%. No income tax, tax, beautiful weather, great fan base. They still love you. Just great sports state. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a sneaky good place. One question here before we go on, just quick answer even. Yep. Who is more valuable to the Vegas success this season, Bruce Cassidy or Jack Eichel? Honestly. You know what? Both huge additions. Massive both additions. Big, big moves. I'll say Bruce Cassidy, man. I think a new voice does so much. We saw Fair. the new voice in, in, in Boston, what that did for them. Jimmy Montgomery obviously didn't you know play out in, in the playoffs, but just having that new voice, it just does something. And I'm not saying that it's going to be prolonged success for Bruce Cassidy. I'm not saying that he's going to bring this team to you know a bunch of cups, but you know, having that new voice, having that new outlook, having a guy come in and connect with the guys, and obviously, you know, he yeah. lost his voice in Boston. The guys didn't like him in Boston. Happens. Debrusque like wanted Paul Maurice. Exactly. Paul Maurice has been bouncing around. He's a great coach, but you just kind of rub the guys the same way. They don't respond to you as you, as they did, as you, you know, as you were, you know, a a fresh voice in the room. And, and uh, I think back to Bruce Cassidy, David Krejci left the league because he didn't like him. Jake DeBrusque requested a trade because he didn't like him. Bergeron was going to retire. Bergeron was going to retire, man. And then they all said, you know what? We got a new coach. Let's get him in. Let's go all come back for for another run. So I I know that he he ran a little. uh, I mean, we look even at at Daryl Sutter. He came and turned around the Calgary Flames. They went to the playoffs the yeah. next year. Everyone hates him. They don't want it. They can't stand him. They're boycotting him. And uh, and he gets fired. Yeah, so Yeah. You're 100% right. I'm just looking at this now. Okay. Vegas Golden Knights, Bruce Cassidy's head coach, brand new. Florida Panthers, Paul Maurice is the head coach, brand new this year. Dallas Stars, wasn't Pete bonus DeBoer. there? And then he moved. Yep. Yeah. Pete DeBoer, is he not? Brand is new. First year or second year? First year. Brand new either way. Yeah. So Carolina, Rod Brindamore. Because he was in Vegas. Pete DeBoer got fired out of Vegas. <laughs> what a storyline. We didn't even touch wow. on Wow. We got three out of four coaches, brand new voices to get these teams over the humps. Incredible. Dallas has been there every year. Vegas has been there. And Florida was the President's Trophy last year who couldn't get it done. That's insane, man. There you go. And power of a new voice, man. Power Absolutely. Power of a new voice we do is gotta- huge. We got to touch about this just quickly before we get into the world championship and the halftime show. Okay, let's yeah. let's just talk about this. And I I don't want to talk about it very long. 
Think about how amplified the Toronto market is and how much of how much noise they make when they fire their general manager and it's been a week and a half, everybody analyzing it left, right, and center. I'm still hearing about the Dubas situation and props to you last episode calling the Pittsburgh Penguins being a spot that Bruce Cassidy might end up in. and Or not, sorry, Bruce Cassidy, uh, Kyle Dubas. And Kyle Dubas yeah. sounds like he's going to be in Pittsburgh, but I'm sick and tired of hearing it. There's been GMs fired all over the league. Move on from it. People get fired. Greg, Greg, you want to know what bothered me, man? Okay, we're watching. I want. Was it Florida, Carolina? One of the. We're watching the conference finals hockey in between the second and the third period in a tie game. You know what half of their broadcast was? They're talking the, about that situation. Kyle, That's a Kyle joke. Dubas being fired. That's a Going joke. Into the third period. Going to the third period of a tie game in the conference final. Half of the broadcast during the intermission for them was about Dubas. Like it, it's a fire GM. Are they talking about Brian Burke and Ron Hextall in Pittsburgh? Are they talking about Brad tree living no. in Calgary? No. no, shut up and move on. People get fired in this business. It's, it's a ho- professional it's, sports is crazy. Yeah. It's it, we obviously know how, uh, you know, it's, it's a winning mentality. It's a short lifespan. They're not, they're not secure positions. And he got fired. Why not wait? Why not wait for after the cup when you need when you need to talk about something in the hockey world? Hundred percent. It's it's outrageous. It's outrageous how much yeah, noise that market forward. makes. Okay, just quickly before we get into the halftime show. Obviously, the World Championships are going on uh, in... I don't know where they are this year. Do you know where they are, uh, Justin? Latvia. Latvia. They're, they're in Latvia, Latvia this, year. this year. So there you go. They're in Latvia. And uh, obviously, Canada, they they you know, put the, put a team together over there and they go over and compete against uh, the European countries. And, and um, I mean, Canada gets upset by Norway. We sent Milan Lucic over there. It's absolutely outrageous. <laughs> um, you know, in, in regard to, you know, for the world hockey stage, the global stage of hockey, should we be trying to you know, icy better team than what we're building because it's pretty embarrassing losing to Norway. We're the best hockey country. Is that just mean that the tournament is just a complete nothing or should these guys uh, from the NHL like McDavid, like Crosby, like Marshawn, like should they have a little jump in their step by saying, I want to go over there? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 it's so hard to like analyze. First of all, the I know it's not the Olympics. I know it's not the World Juniors, what have you. But the pride of wearing your country's jersey, it's like a week and a half. It's a week and a half of hockey. You're going over to Latvia. Like, you got to think it's a pretty good experience. Like, I could understand possibly McDavid, uh, second round. McKinnon, you were out first round, man. You're already, you're, you're ready. You were ready to play more hockey. Anyways, Sid, Marshy, like, you guys haven't been out this early in a while, so I could see that argument, and I already know Sid's in Bahamas. Like, that's actually a fact. There's a story about it. Him and his girlfriend are in the Bahamas right now, and I know he doesn't get that very often. But, I don't know. I just It's tough to see them lose to Norway and know who we who know who's Canadian from the NHL who's not there. But it's a world championship. I know not many people tune in. What are you going to do? But yeah, it's, it's the, ti- it's the timing that's, of the tournament. A, it's the timing yeah. of the, they just, they went through the grind of an NHL season. It's just not that appetizing for these guys to go over and compete, but that's going to be addressed the international competition. Um, halftime show blind careers, blind players. Who is better or who would you rather be uh, blind careers? Um, do you want me to start this things off for you, Justin? I, I I've got a couple here for you. Yeah, I got I got uh, two comparisons for you. So yeah, okay. you give me uh, what you got first. Okay, blind careers. Player one is a four-time NBA champ, a one-time NBA MVP, a three-time Finals MVP, 
and won the scoring title in the NBA twice. Player two, a four-time NBA champion, a two-time NBA MVP, a one-time finals MVP, and a two-time NBA scoring champion. So do you want me to go over that again? Give me the finals MVP for both again. Player one is what? Player one has three finals MVP. Player two has one finals MVP. And just give me their season MVPs again. Uh, uh, player one has one season MVP. Player two has two season MVPs. Wow. So we got one guy showing up in the finals. One guy delivering through the regular season. Both have, what were the rings? Both four rings. Four both have four. Wow. All right. I'm going to go with. Gosh, two MVPs in a regular season is massive, though. Give me the finals MVP. I'm going to go with player one. Like it. What, what, who? And we were dealing with Shaquille O'Neal and Steph Curry. So you're taking Shaquille wow. O'Neal. Wow. Steph Curry was an actual consideration there for me. Like, that wasn't a no-brainer for Shaq. Yeah. Shaq with one. Wait. Shaq with one, one season MVP? MVP regular season. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Is that the... Bi- that's that's a discussion for another time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Crazy. Okay. All right. I got an NBA one for you. Okay. Okay. Player A, three championships won. Okay. In in 16 seasons. 13 all-star appearances. No season MVPs. One finals MVP. And his career stats were 22, 4, and 5. Okay. Player player B. He has Two rings compared to the three. 15 seasons compared to 16. Both have 13 all-star games. Player B has one season MVP compared to zero. Two finals MVPs compared to one. And he has 27, 7, and 4 compared to 22, 4, and 5. Are we dealing with Dwayne Wade and Kevin Durant? Um, oh, great. Holy snipe. Are we? Oh my gosh. Are you? Uh, that is, that's impressive. Wow, yeah. man. I was smelling that out. Um, Just, just, they, just with, uh, just with championships. I was thinking Dwayne Wade's won three and he's never won uh, any. And, uh, and I was thinking Kevin Durant's two for two with his final MVPs. Um, But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go with, uh, Give me Dwayne Wade. Give me Dwayne yeah. Wade over Kevin Durant. But that I like I mean, that. Yeah. I like. I'm feeling good about myself wow, right now. Great. That was. Yeah. That, I did not expect that to happen. <laughs> this, just to listen. This was not a planned guess who they are. But yeah. that's that's what Greg's able to pull out of his bag. That's what <laughs> this guy's got. I love that. Yeah. Wow. Um. Okay. This is a short one. Short and sweet one here. I, Player one is a two-time Super Bowl champion with with two different teams. So one for each team player two is a two time Super Bowl champion with one team player. One is a three time passing leader. Player two is a two time passing leader. Wow. Two Super Bowls with different teams and how many Super Bowls for the other player? So sorry, he's won one Super Bowl with two different teams. So she so was won two total Super Bowls. Both have won yeah, two, yeah. two. Yeah. Sorry. Both yeah, but ones with, Two different teams is one yeah. one with two different yeah. teams. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then no, give, and then one is yeah. a three time passing leader in the NFL, and two is a two time passing leader. You know what? I know they're pretty well even, and one has an extra passing leader. I kind of like winning, winning one with different franchises. I'm gonna go with player two, 
I'm very interested to see where they are. Nothing comes to my mind right away here. It wasn't enough hints. So player two is, is Ben Roethlisberger, and player one is Peyton Manning. <laughs> oh, God. There's so much more info to go there. That is unbelievable. Oh, my God. Wait, so I picked Peyton Manning. Did you pick player one? Yeah. Because I picked the Super Bowls of two different teams. Yeah. That's unreal. All right, I got last one for you here. I didn't give enough info there, but that's because I wanted you to pick player. I wanted you to pick player two. All right, right, mine is also a um, football. Okay. Here we go. Player A. So both have 18 seasons, okay? Okay. Player A has one ring. Okay. Four MVPs. Okay. One Super Bowl MVP. Ten Pro Bowls. Okay. Five. 59,000 pass yards, 475 TDs. I'll compare that up. Okay. Player B, in the same amount of seasons, has two rings, no MVPs, six Pro Bowls, 64,000 pass yards, 418 TDs. So no same seasons. Here are the no, noticeable differences. Player B has two rings to player A's one. Player A has four MVPs and a, finals, a Super Bowl MVP to player B's zero there. And, but player B has 5,000 more pass yards uh, than player A. Is is player A Aaron Rodgers? He's three for three right now. Okay. Yes, it is. Is player B Brett Favre? No. Did Brett Favre only win one championship? I'm yeah, not sure. Maybe one, one or two with Green Bay. I think it was one. So, okay, so we went three for four. So we're dealing with Aaron Rodgers versus a guy who won two rings. Um, zero. No Gosh, it's sounding like a guy that I gave out, you. But it's outthrowing him. Yeah, for sure. It's sounding like Big Ben. Um, just a sec. I, <laughs> um, I, can't, I can't even do this. I can't do this. This guy picks. This guy goes four for four tonight. <laughs> I, I, I had him down prior for the listeners, so yeah. obviously this wasn't planned. So it's Aaron Rodgers and Big Ben. Give me Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> obviously, this guy just pickpocketed four straight athletes. Greg, hey, maybe we got to give you a little bit more... Uh, Guess the guess the stat guess the player from the stats uh challenges yeah, here. We're gonna for have to sure. run that through. So yeah. There you go. <laughs> Craig, uh, what a segment. Yeah, I'm I'm loving we're gonna be bringing those back just for regular segments because I'm a fan of that. <laughs> but it's easy, it's easy when you talk about modern athletes and their championships. Yeah. I yeah. think so. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't really and I didn't give you enough information. Um and, and in the NBA it gets a little tougher because um, you know, obviously four rings, four rings was there's a lot of guys with, with four rings. Um, yeah. you know, we could have we could have thrown LeBron in that mix. Clay could have been in that mix, Shaq was in that mix. Uh did Kobe have five? Um yeah. yeah. Five, so five. um but that's a fun segment. I hope you guys listen. Like hopefully that. the listeners like enjoy that. that. Uh, let's move into quarter three here because we do have some NBA uh, news to talk about. Obviously, the two series, one of them being over. The second probably going to be over uh, tonight. I mean, it's just been absolutely outrageous. But Carmelo Anthony, Anthony Mello, we got to talk about. He retired after 19 seasons. It was a rocky road for Mello. Like, yeah, I think he's a Hall of Famer. But, like, I mean, obviously, you know, like, is he, is he a, like a, a lock Hall of Famer? I mean... Like obviously he he's a you know a complete star player and and uh, I mean a suitcase mind you like how many different franchises did this guy play for? Yeah, and I don't mind. I'm not against Carmelo. I'm not a Carmelo Anthony hater or anything. So I got his accolades up. You you want us to run through them here? We'll yeah we'll fire him up. If we're, we're gonna say right here, 
We're going to say we are Hall of Fame voters. We're going to give our vote. Here we go. Ready? Yep. Carmelo Anthony, 19 seasons in the NBA. Started his career, just so we can know the teams, Denver, Knicks, OKC, Houston, Blazers, and Lakers. Obviously, we know at the end there, he bounced around. Okay. He was 10-time NBA All-Star, two-time All-NBA second team, Okay. Four-time All NBA third team. So okay. I don't. I don't have no any first team. First team. I don't Ooh. have any first teams. Ooh. He was a NBA scoring champion in 2013. NBA All Rookie first team. NBA 75th anniversary team. I don't know. Is that just top? Is that top 75 ever? Yeah. Which is crazy to me to think that he made that list. So l- let's look up quickly here, Justin. How did that team do in 2013 when he led the league in scoring? Did they make the playoffs? Let me take a look. New York Knicks 2013. Also, um, just so we have it, uh, he averaged 22 and a half, six and two. Let's see. Uh, Are we Knicks. saying Carmelo is a Hall of Famer, man? Like that's top 75 all time. I'm hard pressed to think that that's accurate. But they do a lot of those things based on like who they like their opinion of perform, like ability sometimes. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. But, but if you're like, obviously, he didn't play on great teams. Like, yeah, clearly he didn't play on great teams. But is that not a part of. Like is that LeBron is that James also games? didn't play on some great teams and look where he went. Exactly. And uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, so I got him here. They finished first in the Atlantic division. It has them. Okay. They lost in this, in uh round two and six. Okay. Okay. Pacers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, it's hard to, it's hard for me to judge. I, I, I mean, don't know, man. I'm not sure I'm giving him the Hall of Fame vote right away. I don't think I am either, man. I, I don't think. I mean, it's like I think a lot of people will think this is a really cold take, and a lot of people are going to be upset. And I obviously know, you know, what he did for the game of basketball, how popular the brand of Carmelo Anthony is. But, I mean, championships speak volumes. Zero all-time, uh, all uh, NBA teams. Like, yeah, yeah. what? Three gold medals in the Olympics. I yeah, but. Most he's, I know. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. This is a guy, this is a guy. Has one scoring scoring title. So even if we talk, okay, he wasn't on a great team. I mean, he it's not like he racked up MVPs and first teams and scoring titles yeah. and et cetera. Like no MVPs, no first teams, one scoring title. So how many how many guys in the league right now are better than Carmelo Anthony? Jokic, LeBron. Yes. Giannis. 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 Um, AD, I'd put up there. Okay. Obviously, LeBron, but Steph. Anthony Davis, I'd have in there. Steph, Steph for sure. Yeah. Plays in the Hall of Fame right yeah. away. Yeah, com- compared to this. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, I would say uh, maybe Kyrie. Kyrie's got a ring. Kyrie. What about? Uh, do we put Luca? Kate. Probably eventually. Yeah, he, yeah, if he stays on this track. Yeah, eventually. What about what about Booker? He's Booker's a good comparison. Yes, Booker's got the first teams though. Yeah, he doesn't have an MVP. I don't know if yeah. he's led the league in scoring yet. He's maybe like once, if Booker but, retired now, he's not a Hall of Famer. No chance. So then, so then I think that's pretty comparable to Melo, yeah. man. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, like, even that 3 draft class, most of them like Wade was in it, Bosch was in it, LeBron. They played together, got rings. Like, I think I don't know. I know NBA is a lot different than like hockey and football. <clears throat> Championships are why you play the game. Yeah, man. We're talking about Hall of Fame. Like that's the best. And of like the best. plus two, like. Like, he was bounced around so much, man. Like, obviously, Denver, New York. And then at the end of his career, man, L.A., Portland, like, just yeah. was just bouncing around. I, I Man, personally, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I just, I'm on, like, I, I don't know if we're being extremely disrespectful. I just, like, I don't know if we're completely wrong. But you know just looking I, at I, the accolades, I don't think. 
I got to say this, and I, I, I got to say that I'm not, I didn't watch a ton of Mello because obviously he was a little ahead of my uh, NBA, like 03 to 2010. I'm not remembering everything that happened in terms no. of watching the game. But when I watched the game, Damian Lillard for me, yes. I remember him being a anytime, whenever he wants to score compared to like maybe Dame, maybe Dame, maybe Dame is a, a better comparison. Man, maybe, da- maybe no Dame, Damian Lillard. Yeah. And and Carmelo Anthony is that is that a good comparison of types of players? But Dame's you know either, Dame's, either Dame's I mean, been like, Mr. Loyal man. Dame's been like, I want. Yeah. Da- I think the Celtics are going to trade for Damian Lillard this offseason. But listen, let's get right into it here. Ooh. Boston Celtics, Miami Heat. The Boston Celtics. Well, they find themselves down 3-0 in a, hu- in a huge surprise. The number two seed in the Eastern Conference is down to the number eight seed. And at the Heat have just been dismantling the men. You know, what's going on with that trio of uh, of Tatum, Smart, and Brown? You know, like, what, it, it, sorry, go I, ahead. I, I don't know if you're seeing it. Are you seeing a lot of the talk about the dynamics and, like, the personality and the egos of being a problem? And then you got the head coach here, uh, Missoula, talking about a disconnect with the team. Like, I think there's a lot more going on than just... Uh, X's and O's systems and, and gameplay that they're getting beat. I'm thinking like they got some issues within the team of who should be getting the ball, who should be taking the shots. I, but then again, Tatum hasn't delivered every single night in ways we've seen the best players in the league do where he demands that ball and it's unquestioned. There's a lot of people that think Jalen Brown could be a number one on a lot of teams. I don't know what your take is on that. I'm not a huge fan of that. Or I'm not thinking Jalen Brown's going to be a number one on a team. <clears throat> and lead them to a championship. Whereas I could see that from Tatum. He's still young. I struggle to understand why Smart has the ball so often and he's shooting so much when Tatum's who he is. And I see Jalen Brown, like great number two, like a clay, uh, um, like a next option for scoring. Yeah, hundred percent. But it, it seems like it's kind of like those two will just take turns. That's what it seems yeah. like to me. It's like, okay, Tatum's going to go down the court and he's going to have five attempts. And then it's going to be the Jason Tatum, or it's going to be the Jalen Brown show. I, I I don't feel like they've got like a great chemistry, uh, yeah. in, in regard to you know working the offense. And I mean they've struggled, like you said. Jason Tatum hasn't been consistent. We saw the fifty-one point game. He's got the record for the most points in the game seven. But this series they're getting dominated. And they, do they have that extra gear of digging deep? Like, we're going to see it tonight. Like, this is a team that when they're clicking and when they're going, don't get me wrong, they're unbelievable. And it's the defensive side of the ball. Like, they gotta be, they got to lock it down. But you look at a guy like Jimmy Butler's in their kitchens. He's just talking to them all game. He's in their friggin' faces. And here's a little stat for you. Missoula, the head coach of the Boston Celtics, he lost to Jimmy Butler in college. Jimmy Butler knocked him out in, uh, That's in college. That's a mental win for Jim. Yes. People don't understand how much that matters. Yeah, man. That's anyway. But here's my question. You're, you're the Celtics fan. I got to defer to you. You've watched them more than I have in the last number of years with, with, uh, um, you'll know the name last year's head coach. I'm blanking on his Ime name. Udoka. Right Udoka. Tell me this defense and what you saw from this team. Wasn't night and day from the defense you see, like take away the offense side of the ball. I, like they don't look like the team they were defensively last season. No season last season. Marcus Smart was the defensive player of the year last year. This yep. guy could guard yep. anybody last year, man. And and yeah, and Ime Udoka, I mean, him leaving has really kind of thrown this team into a spiral. And obviously, we know Missoula came in and and uh, you know has done a fantastic job. But has he been the same? And you know, it, it's his first opportunity to be a head coach in the NBA. Is that kind of a tough team to take over? A team that's right in a window of trying to win High championships. Expectations. You're right. High you know? expectations right away. Not much time for him to learn the ropes, right? And they're all and and how much value 
should we be giving or how much credit should we be giving to Eric Spolstra? I mean, this guy's been a machine. He's a rock for the Miami Heat, and he's got such great experience with bringing teams to the finals and how to play playoff basketball. And it's just been a, just a lopsided coaching outing uh, in regards to Spolstra and, and Missoula. And, and, and Boston, they're on the brink. Of, and it's never happened before. Never happened before. 3-0 Eric down. Spolstra, Eric Spolstra, while we're on the topic of him. Yep. Two-time NBA champion with the Heat, obviously. Yep. Do you, do you have any good teams during those? <laughs> yeah, pretty good. Eh? But no coach of the years. Okay. But, but got voted as a top 15 coach in NBA history. What's your take on that? Two-time champion, top 15 coach in NBA history. He has, a, he has an NBA championship as an assistant, and he's got no coach of the years. I don't know if that speaks volumes to like the lack of good coaching in the NBA or if that's just a complete joke. Uh, because I'd be hard-pressed to think like... You're telling me there hasn't been 15 better coaches in the history of the NBA better than this guy? Like, they, but this guy's two give, championships. I guarantee he wasn't even involved. Did they just give uh, every coach of the year to Popovich in that time? I, yeah. I don't even know. Here, well, <laughs> like, I don't know how Doc, I don't know who they are. Doc Rivers got to be on that list. Doc, okay, I got the list ready right here. We're going to rattle through them. Okay. Top 15 coaches in NBA history. Red Auerbach. Phil Jackson. Coaching the fifth. Coach of the 50s, Larry Brown, Chuck Daly, Red Holzman, Phil Jackson, Casey Jones, Steve Kerr, Don Nelson, Greg Popovich, Jack Ramsey, Pat Riley. Yeah, yep. obviously. Doc Rivers. Um, We'll check in with that later. Jerry <laughs> Sloan, Eric Spolstra, Lenny Wilkins. See, a lot of those names just kind of go over my head. <laughs> like, I'll yeah. be completely honest with you, man. Um, yeah, like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna pretend like I recognized any of those names outside of about five. But, um, <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. Like, I don't know enough about the history of the league and like the greatest coaches. Like, obviously, we mentioned Phil Jackson because of the the Bulls runs. But, yeah, um, I mean, yeah, six, six of the fifteen coaches on that list. Six of the fifteen, only one championship or less. Two have none. Like who in 2016? Who was the coach for the uh, these the Cavaliers? Lou uh, Tyron Lou Tyron Lou. Is yeah. Tyron Lou in that list? Because he won a championship with LeBron. Like congrats, right. it's, Bolstra. It's, it's also interesting to have a list of top 15, but then you got Red Auerbach nine championships. You got 11 for Phil Jackson, Steve Kerr with four, Greg Popovich with five, Pat Riley with five. Why not just make this a top five list? Yeah. Because everyone else is on a different tier. Yeah. Like, actually, joking aside, like, yeah. I don't understand how three of guys have no championships and they're considered, like, in this <laughs> list with those guys. It's, yeah. I don't know. You got, you need t- tiers. tiers. It's interesting, man, for sure. Um, But yeah, I mean, the Celtics are down and. They're down 3-0, and it's never happened in the NBA history where a team has come back from, from 0-3. So we'll see what happens. Do they uh, get a game? Do they get a game? I think they what, get a game. I think they show some stones, they get a game. Yes, I think they do. I think they get waxed. Okay. I think they get waxed. Okay. But we'll see. All right. We'll see. I think this could actually be this could be a comeback, but we'll see. Uh, moving into the next series because that was a sweep. That was a full-on sweep. The Denver Nuggets take care of the Los Angeles Lakers. And, I mean, through the first three games, Jamal Murray – shooting over 50%, 35 points per game. Nikola Jokic, triple-double machine. He's the best player in the NBA. I don't care about the arguments. I don't care about the MVP talks. Jokic 
is the best player in the NBA right now. He's an automatic yeah. bucket, and then if he can't get the bucket, he's dishing it. It's tough to deal with this man. <laughs> he's also a massive human being. And the supporting yeah. cast for the Denver Nuggets, we've talked about it all playoffs long. Justin's been bullish about it, except he switched sides during this series, which yeah. was an interesting take. Yeah, we're going to act like that didn't happen. Yeah, yeah I think move, so. Move forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Michael Porter Jr. has been phenomenal, man. He had the most assists he did all season long. Aaron Gordon getting into it with LeBron. I mean, this team is poised to win the championship. They've been the best team in the NBA from start to finish, yeah. and it seems like they're going to yeah. finish it off. It seems like they're poised to win no matter who comes out of the East. I think Denver is the cream of the crop in the NBA, but um, LeBron, interesting, man. After the game, he, you know, he's unsure about his NBA history or in terms of where he's going to go, if he's going to come back. I, I would love to see him play with Bronny after a year of college, but, I mean, this guy is just... you got to think his body's falling apart because, I mean, as, as, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, the, 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 the basketball players go through it. I mean, running up and down and playing on the hard court, jumping up and down, like, that's tough on the body. LeBron's been doing it yeah. for so long, but how'd you feel about this series, man? It was a rinsing. Yeah, talk about gameplay first. I think the Denver Nuggets, kind of a good pivot off the Celtics. I think they're the complete opposite. I think they're phenomenally coached, and I think they know exactly what their team is. And that's Jokic is the one, Murray is the two, and those other guys are going to be just ready to rip from three when that ball comes, and they're going to deliver at a, at a good clip, right? Like, this team is Jokic and Murray, but the thing that's different from this team than most teams and why I was so high on them to win the West and why they were able to sweep the conference finals and roll like they are is that... If Jokic and Jalen, sorry, if Jokic and Jamal Murray aren't stroking it right away in the first half at a high clip, or, or they're not putting a um, carrying the team per se in the first half, Michael Porter Jr. is a capable player. Aaron Gordon is a capable player. Codwell Pope's a capable player. Uh, even Braun steps in and, and uh, makes an impact for them. Like what I'm saying is like this team is such a unit, a cohesive unit that. They don't very often give up runs at a rate or a length that buries them. The Lakers had 21 points from LeBron in the first half, and, and Denver was just there. And they were able to chip their way back in it and just never looked panicked to me. Like, this game was just over. Braun had 21 points and couldn't miss a shot, and I think they were up by, like, four points most of that most of that first quarter. So, again, I just think this Nuggets team is so deep and so, again, well-coached, well-system that – they're just such a cohesive unit, and I really, uh, again, I'm not going to even, uh, we got to see who wins and how the Miami series finishes, because I've basically said Jimmy Butler's not going to get it done every single round since, so I guess I might have to bite my tongue here. But as it stands, it looks like Denver's the team to win the finals. It's Denver's championship to lose, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um, agreed. And I think it was a, I think, you know, I'm not going to lie. I think the Lakers kind of outkicked their coverage. I mean, obviously in the first round, they got the Memphis Grizzlies who had just the most dysfunction we've seen in the yeah, NBA. You know, exactly. it was kind of a, you know, a little bit of an organization that was, you know, walking on glass, uh, walking on eggshells and they took care of them. And then they had the Golden State Warriors who we know they had just a brutal season. They just, they weren't the same team from the year prior, you know, with all the dysfunction they had going on with the beef with Draymond and Jordan Poole, their ability, their inability yeah. to win on the road. And so their road to, to the finals was a little bit light and then they ran into a team who they know what they are they know how to win they've been the best team all year long so uh it'll be interesting to see we'll see if the Celtics can grab one I mean I don't expect them I mean it's never been done in history so it sounds like it's going to be a Miami Heat Denver Nuggets finals and and we'll preview that on uh, on Friday question for you about LeBron before we turn off of it so again I you watch him walk out of that tunnel it did kind of look like he 
internally felt like this may have been his last go at a deep run like this. So I asked this question. Yeah. Age is a factor. Yeah. Absolutely. You could tell he doesn't have the same step. The fact that he averaged 30 points per game of 50% shooting is just a lunatic uh, ability in his game that he can now shoot and has the mind to, to succeed. But why not? Is it crazy to think take a year off like that retirement, but come back, maybe only play like 40, 50 games and then play in the playoffs or whatever. But when Bronny comes back, you're fresh for maybe two years with your son. Like, are we going to knock LeBron that bad? If he just says like, I'm old. My body's not what it was. This is a grind. I'm going to step away from the game and, and I hope to come back maybe for another year or two. Like, I don't know. We've never really seen something quite like that honesty in it, but MJ, did what it. would your reaction be? Yeah, he did. What would your reaction be if LeBron said like, I'm going to take a year off. I've always wanted to play with my son. I'm going to get my body in the position to help a team contend again, but I'm going to need a year to do that. Or, I'm just I'm only going to play 50 games next year what have you in the regular season. Yeah, don't get me wrong. This was not the last we've seen of LeBron James. LeBron James will have his retirement tour. There's not a player in sports <laughs> history that I am convinced this guy wants the retirement tour. This guy wants all of the attention which he deserves, but he wants to go it. into every arena on the road, get his flowers, get his pictures given to like LeBron you know, like you, he will be back. Like this was yeah. not his last season. He wants the sure. full retirement celebration, which he'll get. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could, I could see that being a realistic option. I mean, I don't know how people would take it or or just sign with a team and be on Kawhi Leonard, you know, terms where you yeah, play twenty literally. games, just you know, load management to the extreme. But yeah, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. I obviously his years of playing his eighty two games and and you know, willing a team to the finals, like. He, he needs to sign a cheaper deal with the team that can win if he wants to win another championship, which yeah. which I think would be compelling. You know, why not sell, why not sell you know, one, go a one-year deal on like a $20 million contract and go to somewhere you think can win? Go join. Anyway, I'm not going to speculate where he could, but it's an interesting take, Justin, for him to maybe sit out a year and then come back with Bronny. But I don't think he would go with a full year of not being around the game, but I could definitely see yeah. him being on like major load management with the team. Um, Agreed. Maybe goes to Denver. Maybe maybe Denver drafts Bronny. LeBron signs. Hey, that'd be something, man. Uh, I don't know. I, I he, they won't have yeah, a low I mean, enough I'm, pick. It, Jokic, it, Jokic doesn't want to play with a player like that. I don't think. I don't think that fits Jokic's. Uh, yeah, his mo. Ego. Yeah. All right, folks. It just finally in quarter four. We've got a little MLB to talk about. And uh, we're going to start things off with the Blue Jays because uh, they are an absolute dumpster fire right now. They are in a huge slump. They've now fallen to the basement of the division. They lost four in a row against the Baltimore Orioles. They lost last night to the Tampa Bay Rays. And you're thinking, okay, we got Bassett on the mound. He's been phenomenal. He's 3-0 in his last three starts. Hasn't given up an earned run. He's, he, get, he gets the call. Let's turn things around in the trop. We got a guy, Trevor Kelly, across the mound from him for Tampa Bay. Well, Tampa Bay pulls a classic. Trevor Kelly gets two clean innings. They pull him. They go to their they go to their bullpen early, and Bichette gets or and, and Bassett gets blown out. Man, they're down three nothing early, and it's just kind of digging out of a hole the rest of the game. It's uh, it's it's tough to watch right now for Blue Jays fans, and they've lost five straight. I mean, wh what have you garnered from this team, man? I, they're, it's just inconsistent. Like they've got the pieces there, they've got the team to do it. They just can't get all get clicking at once. It's like playing a golf round where you hit every fairway, but you're sh hosel shanking your irons. Absolutely. And and <laughs> we're sitting in a situation, I got to say, it's 8.20 p.m. We're recording this on Tuesday. 
The Toronto Blue Jays are actively up 10-1 on the, on the, the Rays right now. <laughs> response. In the so, so good response, obviously. But no, you're right. Like, even with this win tonight against the Rays, they've dug themselves a little bit of a hole in terms of chasing them, um, which is odd because they have such successful players right now, but it's the depth that's killing them. Boba Shett, most hits in all of the MLB. He hasn't missed a beat since the beginning of the season. He's been hot right out of the gates and has yep. kept it going for almost 50 games now. Gosman pitching uh, second most strikeouts in the MLB. It doesn't speak uh, fully to his game, obviously as a whole, but still he's he's chopping him up right now. Vladdy and and Chapman. Vladdy's been solid. Chapman's been actually Chapman's been well phenomenal. Above his pay grade phenomenal. Above his pay grade. So I don't know. It, it's tough because when your stars are going like that, it's concerning that the the rotation, which we talked about, would be maybe what holds them back, and we need that to be consistent and and uh, play above what their expectations are to a degree. And they're not doing that. And that's what's keeping them from struggling. That's what's struggling for them. But we also did say if, if the blue Jays get this pitching rotation to peak at the right time, they do have a roster that could compete for the world series again, if it peaks at the right time. So man, they got to keep themselves. It seems like it's going to be a season where Jays fans need to look for them to keep themselves afloat. Be in the playoff hunt most of the season, clinch it, get that peaking at the second half of the year into that playoff run, where uh, they have the bats and the weapons to make a deep run. It's just they gotta, they gotta figure it out on the mound. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh, it's been inconsistent in the rotation, no doubt about it. Their bullpen's actually pretty bad, so they will have to address that probably at the deadline. Uh, Alec Manoa, like what the heck was Schneider thinking, man? <laughs> In the sixth in this, inning, makes yeah. a second mound appearance. Boom. Out of the game automatically where the rule was visually upset. I mean, you just can't have that. It, you know, and just little mistakes like that can hurt your team in the long run. Yeah. So, obviously, a bonehead mistake there. Uh, but then you look in the, at the rest of the division, man, and, and the Orioles have won seven of, uh, you know, seven of ten, and, and the Yankees have won eight of ten. Um it's it's like you can't have these two these two biggest slumps. Like obviously they're going to get things back on track tonight, uh, but they can't look back and they can't be satisfied. I mean you've got to go reel off some a lot of playoff or a lot of series wins because, like we said, I mean you have a big slump like this. It's it's not favorable to your playoff chances whatsoever in this division. Um, again, and as we as we record this, Orioles up four one over the Yankees right now. So we're looking at a team now who's going to be two games back of the race and. <laughs> The Rays had one of the most historic starts this season ever. Like, I, I, it's time to say this Orioles team is legit and is an absolute contender for the playoff spot. Um, and then anything, obviously, out, outside of that is just profit for them. But, uh, yeah, to say the least about the Jays being last in the playoffs, which, just talking about the AL East as a whole, the last place team in the AL East is only three games back of the wild card spot. Like, that is just one of the most competitive divisions in the league. But... Um, it's gonna be fun to it's gonna be fun to watch play out, say the least. Absolutely. Let's uh, talk about the Texas Rangers, my man. Twenty nine and seventeen. Uh, they've you know obviously had some some great moves in the offseason. Um, you know bringing in I can't think of his name right now. Uh, pitcher from the Jake New York DeGrom. Mets, Jake Degrom. Thank you. And and they also brought in Simeon, if I'm not mistaken, yep. uh, from yep. the Blue Jays as well. Um, so I mean they brought in some pieces. Um, and uh, obviously you know they 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 look fantastic. And is it a big surprise? 
I'm not sure we can go there. I think people had these guys, you know, being a, yep. a pretty competitive team, but it's hard to look past that. What is a big surprise is the team that has spent more money that I didn't even think was possible. The San Diego Padres are 21 and 26. Like, what is going on in San Diego, man? You bring in Soto, you bring in uh, Xander Bogarts, you, you got a healthy Tatis, and you find yourself 21 and 26, and you've got a great rotation too. Like, what is going on there, man? It's crazy because that's a team that was World Series predictions for most people uh, uh, in in a big way. And honestly, last year, if Tatis doesn't get suspended, I think they would have really pushed for the World Series, if not been in that World Series. So kind of insane to see them struggle like this. Uh, They got to figure it out. That's a team that you can't be paying this much money and let these kind of years go to waste. Whether it's a trade, whether it's they just need to, find the bats, find the pitching. Like they just, they got it in their clubhouse, I think. So I don't think you got to revert to a trade. They got to figure it out soon though, because um, they're not a team that should be battling for a wild card. They should be competing for like top of the division and home field throughout the playoffs. So, um, but they're also a team that's capable of going 18 and three in a run. And like, so yeah, they're gonna they're gonna have to be a team that absolutely catches fire in the second half, and I think they have the ability to do it. I think so too. I think they can turn this around, man. Uh, it is a tough division, don't get me wrong, but I think they've got the star power and, and the lineup to do so. Um, Pete Alonso, he's at seventeen. Is he gonna sniff sixty? He's rolling. He's rolling. And hey, these these are these are hitters. Uh, um, Grab them in bunches. Of, uh, uh, Grabs them yeah. in bunches. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And like he could go on a run of. 10, 15, sometimes these guys go 20 games. They hit 15, 20 home runs in those stretches. That's a quick burst for him that could happen. So, um, and what this is about the time of his career, he'd absolutely be doing it. Like he's been so steady last few years. I could see him. I could see us sitting here 50, 55 home runs. Really watched it at the end of the year to see him hit that six zero number. I'll have so. to dig that up there, that clip. Um, Absolutely, you know, if, if if we get that, if we get to that point. Uh, but I, I remember last year at the uh, at the All Star game, the the home run derby, and obviously that's his event. He loves that event, loves and it. it was the milkiest performance I've ever seen in my life. Him walking around pre, it was like he was getting ready to walk out for the Stanley Cup Final Game Seven. It's like, buddy, let's tone it down <laughs> just a bit. Uh, and just finally here uh, before we shut things down, Justin. Clearly, this guy is one of the biggest idiots in broadcasting history, but Oakland Athletics' Glenn Kuyper, he will be done broadcasting after dropping the racial slur uh, on air. A horrible mistake. Um, but, you know, that'll cost you your job, buddy. Absolutely ridiculous. But we'll finish on a different note. We'll finish on a positive note. As we're sitting here six minutes into the Vegas-Dallas game, 2 nothing Vegas-Golden Knights quick. Wow. Yep. We got goals from Marshall and Barbashev. Barbashev's got two points ready. So this is a series. Wow. Obviously, quickly just say it. Dallas has Dallas has about 50 minutes of hockey to really, really show something. Otherwise, we're looking at a big time Vegas, Florida final. Stanley Cup finals here in a big way. Cause and these two teams on the brink of sweeping. Very early. It's two nothing. But on the brink of Unbelievable. Are we talk- Wait, NBA, two sweeps, NHL. What is going on? I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, awesome, awesome time of sports. Uh, everything's getting down to the point of the uh, here where we're handing out trophies, which is obviously the best thing to see. Um, 
So yeah, fire up. Guys, look for our picks for the Charles Schwab Challenge on, on the socials tomorrow. We appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Friday, Saturday morning. Everybody enjoy your weeks.